episode of Fairway Evangelion, the podcast where we go through the Neon Genesis series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for it last time, and as always, I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who's going through for us first? And we continue off the episodes of breaking down some of the characters today. Uh, we actually had another poll to determine who would be next, and the winner of that one was Misato with Gendo, and then followed by Ritsuko, so that would be the order for the next three episodes. So today we're talking about Misato. Everyone's favorite commander, Misato Katsuragi. Everyone's favorite commander, except for Misato herself. Not super fond of Misato, Misato is. Yeah, but she also doesn't like Gendo by the end, so I think that by default makes her her favorite commander. Are they the only two commanders? Come up. I still feel like Misato somehow ranks herself second and Gendo third. <laughs> ah, Nobody <laughs> in command would be first. <laughs> that explains all the problems with there. Yeah. But yeah, I get, oh, at the beginning of the series, she's a lieutenant colonel, and then she becomes a captain, and then she becomes a major. Yeah. Major pain in the ass. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Uh, so, what was the questions I was asking about all the characters? Uh, what does she do? What does she want? Is that the questions I've been asking? Uh, well, she is militarily trained, but she's also... I guess who is she and what does she want? That's what my yeah. questions were. But so, yes. Yeah, uh, Misato is kind of like the field commander for Nerve HQ. She handles all the military operations. She has a military training background, so she definitely knows her way of like combat. Yeah, which doesn't really come off right off the bat, but you have to remember she's military, not technically the science side. But she worked for Guren at one point, but it never really specified what she did, except for the fact she apparently she had access to Pen Pen. That's true. So I don't know if she knows science as well. I feel like, because it's not specified in what capacity she worked for Giram, um, so my personal headcanon is she was just a janitor who worked for Giram, and just like took Pen Pen one day, and <laughs> then uh, all of a sudden she was working for Nerv as a commander. <laughs> we really admire how you stole that penguin. Yeah. You deserve more power. <laughs> authority, not power. You deserve more authority. If we respect one thing here and there, it's the people take what they think they deserve. You got the job. The one thing we respect even more than that is people taking things they know for a fact they don't deserve. <laughs> if you want something, you take it with your hands. But yeah, uh, she ends up meeting Ritsuko and Kaji while she's in school. Kaji's trajectory isn't really explained how he ends up at Nerve, but we know that both Misato and Ritsuko go to Giren, and then later to Nerve after... Uh, Ritsuko's mother mysteriously dies. Well, Kaji gets embedded at Nerv as a spy for, like, three different organizations and then, like, switches sides and ends up working for Nerv to spawn the studio. Kaji's on his own side. Kaji's not on any uh, Oh, we know he's a special investigator and he's UN when we first meet him, technically. But doesn't he also, like, do shit on behalf of, like, the Japanese authorities or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, and Kaji plays every single side at once. He's the fucking It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia meme of I'm playing all the sides so that no matter who wins, I come out on top. I don't think he even plans for him to come out on top, though. <laughs> no matter who wins, I'm associated with most of the losers, so I come out on top. <laughs> the melons win, that's the yeah. point. Whatever matters, so these shit he takes care of the melons. Who the fuck are you talking about, Kaji? This is like 30 years before <laughs> Neon Genesis. But Shinji, yeah, he'll take care of the melons. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Some other prominent characters related to uh, Misato is, of course, Shinji and Asuka, who she ends up being the legal guardian of for some time. Uh, and then her father, Dr. Katsuragi, who 
who his name is never really mentioned outside of one video game where it's Hideki Katsuragi. Hideki Katsuragi. Yeah. Uh, of course, that's only in uh, one spin-off game where it actually gets mentioned, so the validity of the canon to it is questionable, but it's the only time he is named, so until otherwise, it's the most likely. Also, from what I understand of the lore of Neon Genesis, everything is canon. So, yes, that is still canon. It might not be canon to every universe, but it is canon to that one timeline. That's his name. So it's canon. In at least one timeline, he was named today. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not contradicting with anything else, so it's... Why not? If it was something that really broke the lore anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Gendo Akari is her father. Well, no, we know that her father was Katsuragi, who died during the event. So, yeah. Gendo's her mother. That works, too, though. It technically does not break anything. Yeah, we don't know who her mother is. It's Yui. <laughs> uh, but Misato herself was born December 8th, 1986, and uh, that made her the age of 14 during Impact. And uh, it's one of the... 14's a very auspicious yeah, age. 14 is one of like, the, the common denominators of everything that happens in Neon Genesis. Yeah. Because Misato is 14 during Impact, 14 years after that, Shinji ends up piloting the Evas, and then 14 years after that in the Rebuild series is when Shinji comes out in the final battle of their patterns. So what I'm saying is, or what I'm hearing is, if I existed in that timeline, and specifically the timeline where they continued existing in the world that uh, Asuka, not sorry, uh, Asuka Shikinami was sent to to hang out with Kensuke, a fucking 14 years later I would just be praying 24 hours a day until the year was over. <laughs> I mean, by the, the logic of this mathematical formula we just worked out, the other character that's important to Misato is her son, Ryoji Kaji, who was 14 during Rebuild, the last movies. Yeah, and will be 14 years, 14 years after that. Hypothetically, some traumatic stuff probably happened to him during that final battle. Yeah, and I'm thinking 14 years after that final battle, he's going to father a child who 14 years later will be 14 years old and will go through some traumatic shit. That's the cycle of Neon Genesis. Yeah. Every 14 years, some child is traumatized beyond yeah. belief. Well, it's every 14 years, a child is born, and then 14 years later, that child goes through trauma, and then 14 years after that, when that child is 28, a new child is born <laughs> to have trauma in 14 years. I mean, I think it's safe to assume that the year Misato was born, a 14-year-old went through some trauma as well. That's true. Every 14 years, 14-year-olds 14 go through trauma, and a new child is born to have trauma in 14 years. Exactly. Horrified world they live <laughs> A in. A vicious cycle. Yeah, those are kind of the uh, characters who Misato has like a strong connection with and most of her stories based around. Funny enough, she actually has not too much interaction with Gendo, which that is kind of the overarching theme of characters' relations with Gendo. Yeah, they don't really interact with Gendo. Yeah, her connection to Gendo is mainly through the Ritsuko storyline, and not really with the Shinji storyline until that gets a bit later on. Yeah. Even Ritsuko doesn't really have any... Like, she has interactions with Gendo that we know, but she has very limited on-screen time with Gendo. The main pe person we see interacting with Gendo is Fudeski, and then, like, Rei as a second. Yeah, and I guess Ritsuko is third. I don't know why I'm talking about Gendo. We're not talking about Gendo for another week. Uh, <laughs> so back to Misato and how she doesn't have a relationship with her father or Shinji's father. Yeah, so uh, kind of like the big backstory thing we end up learning about Misato is her father was 
just fully enveloped in his work and abandoned the family to a degree. Yep. Uh, and what that ends up doing is she ends up resenting her father in a way. But how she ends up on the Arctic base is never really explained, but she just ends up there. It happens to be there on the day of impact. Yep. Where her father sacrifices himself to save her. And that kind of gives her a weird uh, view of her father, I guess, at that yeah. point. Uh, which ends up getting into the, what does she want? Well, what does she want is to kill every single angel. Yes. Regardless of the cost. No matter how many 14-year-old children she has to sacrifice, she will kill every single angel. Pretty much. She'll act like a mother, and like, also completely not like a mother, in that she may even try and seduce the 14-year-old children. <laughs> but she'll do whatever it takes to get those 14-year-old children to kill angels. Yeah, that's kind of the interesting thing with Misato, too, when you think about that. She does come off as one of the characters that seems the most invested in Shinji's well-being. She does actually try, I do believe. But ultimately, we have two Misatos throughout the series. There's yeah. the at-home Misato. Yeah. And then there's the work Misato. And work Misato very much is using Shinji as a means to get to her goals. Yeah. And you can get through how she kind of speaks to Shinji. It's kind of clear that what it is, and I feel like Shinji also picks up on that, which gives him the weird relationship with Misato. Yeah, it's... It's very much what you said. We have the two Masatos. The at-home Masato seems to care about Shinji and does her best to make sure he's in a good emotional place. And the work Masato is just using Shinji as a means to kill angels. And it's hard to know which Misato is, like, the real Misato, so to speak. Like, does the at-home Misato only take care of Shinji because of the fact that she needs him to be taken care of in order for him to kill angels? Or does the work Masato only use Shinji to kill angels because she knows if Shinji doesn't kill angels, then Shinji's going to be in a really bad place, i.e. perhaps <laughs> dead in an angel's hands. And I think during the early part of the show, it's kind of hard to tell which is which, but I think as we get closer to the end of the series, it seems to lean more heavily towards work Misato is closer to the real Misato. Than yeah, I think that definitely becomes the case to what the death of Kaji, which is one of the big turning points of the series, uh, Toji's injury and Kaji's death are kind of like the two big endpoints of things are irrectably changed. Yeah. And with Misato, she kind of just doubles down on it. Yeah. God damn it, Shinji. If you had been better at killing angels, maybe Kaji would still be alive. I mean, he wouldn't, but we <laughs> can hope. Maybe if Kaji was better at playing all the sides, he'd still be alive. Yeah, maybe if Kaji had played one or two more sides, he'd be alive. Like, maybe, like, you know, a security camera side or something like that. Or, like, a gun manufacturer side, so you can ensure that that gun was manufactured poorly. Or, you know, maybe just not meet one person alone by a giant fan. Or, like, cat food. Yeah, cat uh, food would have been with cats. Yeah. I'm still convinced it was. See, like, you introduced me to your theory when we were going through Neon Genesis Evangelion that it was... You didn't actually say this, but you kind of suggested that it was Cat Lady, and I kind of came to the same conclusion. I have been thinking, and I think you're close, but you're one step removed. Uh, Cat Lady trained her cats to kill Kaji. So it wasn't actually Cat Lady who killed Kaji, it was one of the cats. The Cat Lady's an assassin that uses the cats to murder people. Yeah. And also can't sometimes give information to Kaji. Can't persecute a cat for committing murder. It's a cat. I think that's called putting an animal down. <laughs> Let's not bring such dark topics into this podcast. We're already pretty dark with everything we've talked about with Neon Genesis, and now that I'm trying to bring in uh, cats being used for committing assassination, we don't need to also add in just 
your beloved childhood pet has been put down. Not something we need to think about. <laughs> it comes back during its mortality, though. That's true. Yeah, sure, let's put down a bunch of pets. During its mortality, <laughs> they'll be brought back. That works, I guess. God, this series is fucking dark. <laughs> that was all us! I know that was us, but it still is entirely, like, from our understanding and interpretation of the series. Uh, so, with Misato... She does kind of appear early on in the series as being a put-together character, which I guess a lot of the characters kind of do. Yeah. What we end up uh, getting is Misato is just as bad as everyone else. Yes. And Misato herself is also a person that's kind of trying to avoid human interaction, which is one of the central themes of this, is people don't want to interact with people or truly open up because of the fear of getting hurt. Yeah, Hedgehog's dilemma. Yeah. Introduced to it very early on, and we think it's just about Shinji, but no, it's literally everyone is going through the hedgehog still. Yeah, because Misato, uh, herself, first, every time she gets close to someone, she panics. We get that from the Kaji backstory, and that somehow connected to her father with the whole idea of she hated him, then she liked him, and then he died. Yeah. So, she, I guess it's the fear of going through that aspect again that's most likely doing it. Yeah, just stick on the hating people side, then you never have to watch them die. So, she kind of keeps all relationships to a certain degree. Yeah. And because of that, she only knows how to express relationships physically. Yeah. Which leads to a lot of very awkward things from Misato herself. 100%. Also awkward for everyone else. <laughs> and... Kaji was the, like probably like the one character that was able to help, like get her out of that spot. I hate how for multiple characters now we come up with the sentence of Kaji was the one person who was their support network. Yeah. And now Kaji gets killed and everyone loses their support network simultaneously. Yeah, it, it's funny that like that's how that worked because all of you like, oh Kaji's just a cool side character that ends up getting killed off. No, he was pretty crucial to everyone's mental stability. Yeah. He may not have been like been seeming to do a lot for other people's mental health, but he was integral to, like, most characters' support networks. Not to say, like, that was, like, a good thing and, like, oh, Kaji was doing the right thing and helping them, but he was kind of required for their yeah. stability, regardless of if it should have been or not. Like, Asuka, that was her own problem that she put all of it onto Kaji when she should know. Yeah. And uh, Misato just didn't know how to deal with this stuff. Which is fair. You give her a combat scenario, she's on that shit. Figure it out, like, you know, oh, if we hit it with exactly this voltage, it, eyes will explode out of its head and that will open up its weak spot. How do you know that, Misato? We've seen this thing once. I have a feeling. Yeah. Meanwhile, you put her in, like, another room with another human being and she's like, now what exact voltage do I need to hit you with to make your eyes pop out of your head and make your weak spot appear? Not, like, physically. Like, your emotional weak spot. <laughs> your emotional so weak we can spot get closer. and your emotional eyes. Yeah. I need to make your emotional eyes pop out of your head so that I can get access to your emotional weak spot so that we can grow closer together over time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it turns out every voltage she uses is wrong because you shouldn't be shocking people to make them love you. That's a very dark way to go about your life. <laughs> what the fuck, Misato? <laughs> Come on, Misato. Seriously? Yeah. And uh, to go back to your point, too, of how work Misato seems to end up being the real Misato, we kind of do get hints at that because as we find out that Misato actually has all this trauma... Her at-home Misato kind of ends up showing that, oh, that most likely is the fake one because it's the one that's avoiding the problems by yeah. everything's carefree and fun. It's fun party, Misato! Yeah, when we see... Who drinks a beer every morning to get started. When we hear Misato's backstory, 
And it's... Also, yeah, that's our first clue that that's the fake Misato. The fact that she's drinking that fucking much. Clearly a sign that she's trying to hide some sort of trauma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we see her backstory is that, like, for so many years after first, second, second impact... Yeah. Um, she's catatonic and won't even fucking speak. The fact that we see at home Misato later... That's clearly not a natural progression from the catatonic won't speak to anyone. That's someone putting on a facade to try and seem more put together than they are. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty clear that that wasn't the real Misato. But early on in the show, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's only once we get the backstory and some deeper insight into her thoughts that we actually see, oh, Misato isn't really a cheery, happy person. She's just kind of using it to, you know get through social interactions, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Which means if I had to assume before Shinji showed up, her day-to-day life would just kind of sitting at that trash-filled apartment table drinking a beer in silence. Yeah, probably. <laughs> How do you think it got so fucking trash-filled? Because all she was doing... I'm willing to bet if, like, we had waited an extra week before Shinji showed up, Misato... Or not even if we had waited a week, but, like, if... Shinji had ended up living on his own, like was kind of suggested at first, and then Misato stepped in and was like, yeah, Everyone would be living in trash. All yeah. of our characters living in trash. Yeah. The Ray, Misato, and Shinji's apartments all would have looked strikingly fucking similar. <laughs> Actually, no, because we already know that Shinji's kind of a neat freak. That's true. But I do still think Ray and Misato's apartments would look strikingly similar. Yeah. Way to go, Shinji. Shinji made her clean the damn apartment by making him clean the apartment. Yeah. Shinji's existence made her care about the cleanliness of her apartment, which made her make Shinji do the clean. To be fair, I don't think it was Shinji's existence. I think it was Shinji's insistence. That's fair. Which, to be fair, if you put it that way, perfectly fair that Shinji ends up doing the vast majority of the cleaning, because he's the one who actually cares about the cleanliness. Yeah. I I think that's definitely the vibe we're supposed to get. Yeah. I would not be surprised to see that even on the days when Misato's name shows up on the calendar and she has to do the cleaning that day, if just no cleaning gets done on that day. Yeah. So I guess overall uh, we could classify Misato as a functioning alcoholic. I would say high-functioning alcoholic. Yeah. The way she exists at work, I'm willing to consider her high-functioning. Yeah, that's the thing. Like That's how I think it's clear that even though she hates the work she does and just wants the angels dead, that is really her when she's at work. Yeah. And that whole, like, friendly facade, again, just completely vanishes after the Kaji uh, deaths. Because there's pretty much, she doesn't even have the effort to put up that facade anymore, right? Yeah, she doesn't have the emotional energy to actually make that. And kind of throws herself into her work, which is almost like an extra degree of she was using the happy Misato persona to kind of avoid her problems. And then she dives fully into the work at that point to further escape those problems. Yeah. I don't know for sure if that's good. It might be a bad thing now that I think about it. <laughs> Quite possible. Uh, and then overall, at the same time, uh, we see kind of an evolution of these problems with her transfer over in the Rebuild series to the fact that she is being a mother. Yep. Where A mother who has no involvement in her child's life. Exactly. Uh, a one-off for the series, really, but... <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy to think of a mother who's not involved in their child's life. Or any parent, for that matter. To be fair, 
most of the other mothers get a pass because the reason they're not involved in their child's life is because they're dead. Uh, There's not a zero chance that Misato put two and two together that mothers die in this universe, and that's why she abandoned her child. To be fair, I don't know that any of this makes Misato different from the other moms. Because while she's not physically dead, she's pretty dead inside, so maybe it still counts. Let's see, Yui put herself into Unit 1 to do something, and then Misato never left the Wonder, yeah. as far as I know. That's true. Misato, uh, Yui exists solely with inside Unit 1, and Misato, in a very similar sense, exists solely inside the Wonder. Or on top of the Wonder. Or on top of the Wonder during that one brief scene. Exactly. But then she goes back into the But she immediately gets shot when she gets outside the Wonder. <laughs> and then she goes back inside the Wonder and, like, sails into the negative space or imaginary space. Uh, Ava Imaginary, which looks like uh, Raylo. Yeah. Uh, she immediately flies into there. Even though, like, it's kind of implied that, like, there's no added value in her doing that, but she does it anyways. Well, if someone needs to manually fly the ship into the place, because without the power source from Unit 1, it couldn't fly itself. Fair. And so she does. But I guess that means the, the house always gets its due, because <laughs> I'm gonna live in that long afterwards, not gonna fly. To be fair, she managed to survive that long by having no involvement in her life, and then the moment Shinji tells her about what's going on in her son's life, that shit fucking happens to yeah. her, so. She leaves the wonder once, yeah. and immediately does like, she's out, get her! Yeah. Uh, so, I think it's half her fault for leaving the wonder, and half Shinji's fault for telling her about her son, thus making her more involved in her son's That's life. <laughs> so, Shinji's uh, half responsible for Misato's death. And then if you think about Neon Genesis' Evangelion, with Shinji crying under the stairs and that forcing Misato to come and get him, and then bring him back and then she dies fighting people, Misato, uh, Shinji's also at least half responsible for Misato's death in that timeline as well, so... As far as I can tell, every time Misato dies, Shinji is at least partially responsible. Although at the same time, in the original Neon Genesis, Misato is also partially uh, responsible for Asuka's death because she flooded the thing, which means that he couldn't get Unit 1 to fly off in time. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, she was at least removed from physical form for a bit. That's true. Yeah. She went 400%. Also, if you think about the time Asuka was in the Bardial situation, uh, if you consider that to be a death because she ceased her existence in one form and started existing in a different variety, Misato's also partially responsible for that. So yeah, I'm willing like to call... Like a sort of caterpillar. Yeah. I'm willing to call it, uh, as far as I'm aware, Shinji is always at least partially responsible for Misato's death, and Misato is always at least partially responsible for Asuka's death. That's Who's responsible for Shinji? Oh, well. Another one we can add is, uh, Kaoru's always 100% responsible for everyone's death because of what he does with the Book of Fate. Exactly. Um, so way to go, Kaoru. You have the highest kill streak. Yep. Weird that your kill streak continues long after you're dead. <laughs> like, 14 years... Oh, wait, no, this is after the 14-year gap that he dies. Yeah. Okay. Still, I feel like Kaoru's death streak continues long after he's dead. Gets a lot of postmortems. Anyways, Misato. Yeah, I think Misato's relationship with her son is kind of like the... full formation of her problems, where because of everything she's gone through and her inability to form those strong connections with somebody... 
she ends up abandoning her own son because she thinks that she's unfit to be a mother, but also doesn't deserve the connection, and it's what's best for him. Yeah, it's both. It's what's best for her, him, and it's what she deserves because she feels she doesn't deserve a relationship with her son. Yeah, which uh, in a sense also kind of gives a brief foreshadowing to what the reveal with Gendo is going to be. Yeah. Uh, but after Shinji kind of is like, oh, he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was all she needed to like break her rut, essentially. Oh, he's cool. Okay, I can die happy now. What? Oh, well, in a couple days, I'm gonna die. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna leave the wonder, death's gonna find me, and I'm gonna die. <laughs> That's fair, yes. Man, the future sure is weird. Yep. Uh... So what else can we talk about? Uh, I think with Misato, one of the interesting aspects to her is actually her relationship with Ritsuko, more so than the other characters. Yep. Uh, because where they both kind of embody two different ideals for approaching problems, where Misato is more of the intuition, quick, and impulsive, Ritsuko is more of the slow down, calculating, and cold. Yeah, take it one step at a time, thoroughly examine it from all perspectives. But on top of that, it feels like neither of them was really themselves through the whole friendship until the end. Yeah. You kind of get the feeling that they're, like, almost swapped in a way. Like, not fully swapped, because I don't want to imply this. But Misato always seemed to be putting on a face of pretending to be happier than she was. And not that she wasn't... Uh, unhappy, but Ritsuko almost seemed to be putting on a facade of, like, being more detached than she was. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not trying to say uh, Ritsuko was a happy, well-developed, and emotionally stable person, but she always... We only kinda, have one of those in the Genesis. She always kind of presented herself as being a, uh, more detached than I think she actually was. Less invested in other characters. Yeah, because I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that even becomes a bit more prominent in the rebuild series after the time jump too, where Bisato is this cold, calculating commander, where Ritsuko is kind of being the force to ground her to reality. It's like, oh, you need to take breaks and all that stuff. Yeah. But also, it ends up being the foil to them in the original run as well, where Ritsuko kind of has her break because she was, you know, in a sense, lying yeah. about herself, and ends up getting really jealous about Rei in relationship with Gendo that she ends up massacring all the Ray clone bodies, and attempts to blow up Nerve HQ and kill Gendo. Yeah. It doesn't work out, but that's what she goes for. Yeah. Uh, essentially, she's kind of like, say fuck you to your instrumentality plan. Yeah. Uh, whereas Misato, I wouldn't say that she goes completely opposite of the Golden Detached at the end, because ultimately she dies trying to save Shinji. It's not so much about defeating Angel anymore, that is complete. Her yeah. main concern is saving Shinji. 100%. But in Rebuild, she does reach that cold, detached level that is the opposite of Ritsuko. And that's the thing. I think End of Evangelion Misato is probably the closest we get to her true self showing through outside of the Rebuild series at the end. Yeah. Which, funny how it always seems to happen just before she dies. Yeah, she always approaches her truest... No wonder she's acting so happy and carefree. The moment she starts, like, accepting who she is and being that cold, detached, calculating person, she dies. Like, <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say she's, like, 100% like she's robot cold, detached. Like, I think she does care, and she's able to realize who she is and be herself 
through the connection, but ultimately it's the connection with Shinji that makes her finally, she finally opens up and is able to like have that close relationship with Shinji, where she's not worried about who she is in a sense. Yeah. Not a real connection, which tends to be the ongoing theme about characters, like they actually reach the point of being able to be their happiest when they can find those true connections. Yes. And Shinji always is the vessel for Misato in this case. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. Uh, even if Shinji's not in the best state himself, because in the end of Evangelion, it's probably the worst Shinji is. A hundred percent, yeah. And is. it's kind of Misato's death that kind of shakes him out of it. Although only momentarily until Asuka's death. And he's right back down there. Yeah. And then in Rebuild, he ends up well being in a good state, but that's because the Shinji in Rebuild... Kind of his therapy for everybody. Yeah. He kind of ends up being the therapist that everyone else required. Yeah. And even in the re- uh, end of it, she's kind of still concerned that she's not on the right path. Because just before she dies, too, she's like speaking to a dead Kaji. Yeah. Oh, my Kaji's just out there getting ready to go through trauma. <laughs> Slash going through trauma. I think I can kind of guess what the trauma he went through is, because... Finding out who your mother is, and then finding out she died in, like, the same conversation seems like it'd be pretty traumatic. For who? Young baby Kaji. Misato's kid. Oh, Ryoji Kaji? Yeah. Where you said Kaji finding out who his mother was? <laughs> I was like, I don't remember this from Kaji's story at all. No. <laughs> I, I forgot, there's other Ryoji Kaji. Yes. Little baby Kaji. Yeah. Little 14-year-old Kaji going through trauma. And then when we get the Neon Genesis spinoff, which will be 14 years down the line, it'll be Tsubame. Yes. <laughs> oh god, Tsubame's gonna go through some shit. She finds out Ken's kids are real dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finds out that Ray Q is a real mom somehow. <laughs> Alright. Is there anything else we should talk about from Misato before we start getting into some questions? I think that's kind of the breakdown of Misato's character. Ultimately, she is a lot more complicated than she is at face value, which tends to be with most of the characters in this series. And really, her story is about being able to have those connections with people and be able to do it in a natural, like, close way instead of just her way of having a relationship at, like, arm's length. And only understanding it through the means of like physical and sexual aspects. Yeah. Uh, one of the big ones that I think a lot of people, in a sense, misinterpret is the that's an adult kiss scene from End of Evangelion. Probably people are like, oh, she's gonna have sex with Shinji when he comes back. No, she was never gonna have sex with Shinji when he no. comes back. She knew she was dying. Yeah, but it, she wasn't doing it because, oh, this will motivate Shinji, because this is how Shinji is. It was more of, that's the only way she knows yeah. to interact with a person. Yeah. It's more so really highlighting how broken she was that she understood the interaction between two people as merely that. Yeah, that's like the only way she can imagine interacting with a semi-adult of the opposite gender is just that. Yeah, and that's kind of key to her trauma, right? And why Misato comes off as like the fan service character almost in a sense, very over-sexualized, when it was more so that was kind of a byproduct of her trauma kind of manifesting, because that's the only way she knew that a person could interact with each other. Yeah. With, well, she, keeping it, like, superficial. Yeah, she grew up with no relationship with her father, and then the moment she established a relationship with her father, her father sacrificed himself to save her. She had no, like, 
representative as a child of, like, this is how adults interact with other adults. So, like, what she has is what she's got. Yeah. And to fit in and not be alone, even though she kind of wanted to be alone, that's why she made Happy Misato, essentially. I should clarify that when I say this is how she knows how to interact with other adults, I mean she presumably picks stuff like that up during university when she finally started interacting with other people. Not the one thing her father taught her during that brief time <laughs> they knew each other and she was 14. That's not what I'm trying to imply. Yeah, I don't think anyone was implying that. No, okay. I just wanted to be very clear because I realized in my head it could have sounded weird. That's fair. But ultimately, she does end up kind of finding her own peace at the end. Mind you, this is during her self-sacrifice, but that seems to be the constant for Misato in this universe is... She dies giving Shinji a chance. To be fair, that seems to be a lot of people's uh, inevitable uh, art. Not dying giving Shinji a chance, but not like discovering the truth about themselves and finding inner peace until just before their death. Kind of any yes and no. I think a thing that a lot of people tend to miss between the, the main series, the original and the rebuild, is that... Even though the characters might change, their path seems to be very similar in the aspect of how it happens with some tweaks. Yeah. So in a sense, the characters already kind of have predetermined fates, and it's how they get there is the difference. As mentioned, Misato always dies saving Shinji. That tends to be a constant miss yeah. uh, as well. Asuka pretty much having her demise inside of uh, Unit 2 always seems to be a constant. It's always during the big final, too. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I don't have any questions, but I'm sure our fans do. Really? I was kind of expecting you would have some Misato questions. No. I don't want to think what Misato would be honest with you. Oh, that's just you. Yep. I'm sure our fans have lots of questions about Misato. Yeah. Uh, so, let's go through some of these. So the first one we have here is uh, from uh, Rick underscore Ricky on Instagram. How much does it bother you when you see Misato has no chest guard in doujins? Uh, zero percent, because I have never read an Evangelion doujin. You ever read a fan comic? Never read- I haven't read any- The Evangelion content I have consumed <laughs> has been Neon Genesis Evangelion, End of Evangelion, and Rebuild. That is it. Death and Rebirth as well. Oh yeah, Death and Rebirth. I have not consumed- any doujins, any fan comics, anything like that. So I have no experience of seeing her without a chest scar and gotten upset about that. <laughs> Not something I personally have experienced. Keith, can you speak to that at all? I mean, would you be upset if you were reading something and just the character was wrong in some aspects? I don't know. Now that I think about like, it... Like, for example, say someone was drawing like, a picture of Harry Potter and just left out the head scar. <laughs> what I'm thinking of right now, as my example, is... Uh, Simpsons? If I read, like, a fan comic of The Simpsons and someone drew a shirtless Krusty without his pacemaker scar, I would probably be very upset about that because it's a major plot point that he has the pacemaker scar and that's how they've discovered that other people were impersonating him in the past is because of the pacemaker scar and the lack of pacemaker scar on the fake ones. So, that upset me. So I assume this would upset me if I saw Yeah. I'll, but then again, I don't know if, like, I consider the chest scar to be a defining feature of Misato. It's a constant reminder of the pain she's going through. I guess so, but I can't... <laughs> like, if you had have asked me, Misato has a specific scar. Where on her body is it? 
I wouldn't have been able to answer that question like five minutes ago. <laughs> so I don't know if I would be upset if I saw Misato without a chess card. Because I didn't realize she specifically had a chess card until about five minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a foreshadowing point in the earlier episodes. And because they end up revealing about halfway what happened to her, it's never really a focus point anymore after that. Fair. So, uh, the next question we have is from Miguel.c. Miguel. It's three eyes. Uh, why do you think Misato kissed Shinji? Uh, so it's most likely the end of the Evangelion thing, which we just briefly mentioned. And uh, that, again, is just kind of... I don't think there was anything to it or she was planning on acting on anything. It was more so that's how she understood a male-female relationship of any aspect. Yeah. So she saw that as the thing that just made logical sense for how to motivate Shinji to get out of where he was. Yeah, it's... Shinji needs motivation to move forwards. What motivates men? Sex. Yeah. Adult kissing. Adult kissing with promises that we're going to go a lot further the next time I see him. Uh, this one is from William Bra 7.0. Why didn't she take Shinji to therapy? I mean... We might as well start with the question of why didn't she take Misato to therapy? Because that's an equally valid question. <laughs> a lot of people don't think to take themselves to therapy. Yeah. Uh, speaking from experience, the thought to take yourself to therapy is a, not a thought that comes up. Um, <laughs> I was trying to imagine a situation where a person who really needs therapy just kind of stops like, huh, I should probably go to a therapist. Yeah, but for similar reasons, I find it hard to imagine someone who's that mentally broken to think therapy as an option for someone else. <laughs> So, for similar reasons, if you're that broken inside, you have a hard time, like, recognizing other people as perhaps therapy being a thing that would benefit them, because yeah. if you have that thought, it's inevitably going to lead to the thought of, maybe it would also help me, so. <laughs> but Peter, I thought it was just all con artists. Oh, you mean therapists? <laughs> uh, no, it's just actual doctors who are con artists. Therapists just do good work. <laughs> Also, we, we, uh, considering Nerf does run the city, there's not a uh, non-zero chance that Gendo just enforced the no-therapist rule. Or it's entirely possible that Gendo allows people to go see therapists, but there's only one therapist on network, and it just means they have to reveal all their problems to Gendo. He's the only therapist. <laughs> we have the stuffed Gendo doll that you can tell all your problems to. Yeah. Why is it blinking? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Also, sign this release beforehand. It just promises. Uh, it's just your way of promising that you won't tell anyone what the therapist said. <laughs> Why doesn't it say you're recording everything I say and sending it directly to Gendo? Don't worry about it. Don't read the fine print or yeah, the Yeah, of course we're sending everything to Gendo. You're speaking to Gendo. Wink. <laughs> it's the Gendo doll. I think this keeps us legally free and clear. Well, that or Gendo is of the mindset that they're all con artists and just will not have them in the Tokyo 3, his city. To be fair, like, having someone speak to a Gendo doll and then sending the information to Gendo... Seems like the same, like, level of, like, legally, like, you're probably fine because you kind of technically told people you were talking to Gendo. In the same sense that, like, if I ever found out there was most meat in, like, the uh, Disney-themed uh, Mickey Mouse chicken nuggets, <laughs> I'd be like, they kind of told us they were mouse nuggets, so I don't know if I'm allowed to be upset about this. <laughs> I mean, it isn't, they didn't say mouse nuggets. I don't know why I assumed. Yeah. I don't know why I assumed that the mouse nuggets... Or just mouse-shaped chicken nuggets, and not just nuggets of mouse meat. <laughs> Which opens up some interesting conversation for Dino Nuggies. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, uh, long-time writer-in uh, reply uh, question here from Korean Burrito. Oh, Korean Burrito! And their question is, would you hit? Uh, Misato? Uh, 
If you just mean like physically, no, I would never hit a person yeah, well, going through that much trauma. Exactly. That's just uh, horrible. Who would even think of doing something like Maybe that? like that cartoony bonk on the head with the back of your hand. It's like, hey, stop being so stupid. Yeah. Or like, um, go back to the 1950s and like call her hysterical and then punch her in the face real good. I thought it was the uterus. They'll punch her in some part of the body. No. Uh, to clarify, no, I would not. <laughs> violence is not the answer. No. Violence is never the answer. Nor is sex. Misato is the clear point that <laughs> sex is not the answer, too. Uh, this one is from Stelios underscore Carvelas. Is she best girl? No. She's good girl. She's not best girl. That's right. Best girl is the mom's friend from school who has big rock and tits and glasses. <laughs> That's the... Biggest point to take away from Neon Genesis you yeah. ever do. And uh, we have the last question here from Rurun.bat. Did her dad ever truly care? Like, about her or just about anything in general? Well, he definitely cared about the Katsuragi expedition. Exactly. So I do think he cared about that. And I think... I, I personally believe her dad did care about her. Well, he ultimately pulled a Misato, where in his last moments he realized what was really important in life, and it wasn't the giant big alien in the snow. I, I'd even be willing to say that he cared about Misato well before then, and the reason he was so focused on the giant big alien in the snow is much the same way, like, parents start becoming conscientious of the future and, like, start saving money or, like, trying to save the planet and being more environmentally conscious. I think he went about it the wrong way, but I'd be willing to believe that the reason he was so focused on stopping the angels is because he didn't want the angels to come back and kill Misato at some point in the future. Fair. Although, like, we have no basis for that in the series, but... To be fair, I think most of the people in the Katsuragi expedition weren't fully Seelie indoctrinated. I think it was funded by Seelie, but they weren't aware. So him knowing about the angels, I don't think That's was fair. a thing. I think he was just literally studying this new life form they found. Fair. Even so, I'd still be willing to accept that while not the right reasoning i'd be willing to accept that the reason he was doing that stuff was in his own way for me yeah i can see that where the trying to reconnect with her by bringing her to the work could explain why she was there and ultimately the fact that he did sacrifice himself to save her like there's enough room he could have just thrown himself in that pot yeah but he chose to save misato i think that shows that even though he probably didn't show it well as you mentioned i think ultimately he did care about her uh, so what are you saying there's enough room for him? He's an adult. We already know <laughs> Evangelions can only fit 14-year-olds. But Otherwise, it wasn't, it wasn't were... an Evangelion, though. But it was an entry plug, so I'm pretty sure it was designed the same way the Evangelion entry plugs are, which can only fit 14-year-olds. Otherwise, they would have adults fighting aliens. <laughs> they wouldn't force children to fight aliens if they didn't have to force children to Definitely fight not with their mom mix. No, of course not. That'd be weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I completely agree. I think his actions at the end show that he was cared, cared enough about Misato to try and sacrifice himself to save her. And I think with that understanding, even if he went about it the wrong way, I do think that's the reason he brought her on the Katsuragi expedition, is he was trying to reconnect with her and trying to right past wrongs. It's just, as with everyone else in this uh, series, when they realize the mistakes of their past and make, or take steps to improve themselves, it's always just... Barely too late. Yeah. The old Katsuragi method. Yeah. Like father, like daughter. <laughs> Not looking good for you, Haruji <laughs> No. He's going to be very emotionally distant to uh, probably Tsubame 
And then when Tsubame is 14 years old and going through trauma, he's going to realize he should have been closer with Tsubame and sacrifice himself to save Tsubame. Yeah, I can see that. That's, that's the spinoff we need. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we can go into some uh, fun information here about uh, Misato. So, uh, as you probably expected, Katsuragi is a type of Japanese ship. Yep. Kind of came to the... I'm saying ship now because someone called me up for saying boat in a previous episode. Ah, uh, boats like a ship. <laughs> boats can't go in the sea, apparently. I looked it up. There's a very strict definition of ship and boat. I should probably know that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Katsuragi is a ship, uh, which makes sense because Katsuragi can be read as victory. <laughs> sure. So and I guess that makes sense. It would be a ship. Uh, Misato, uh, her first name, can be read as beautiful village or uh, beautiful hometown. What kind of boat is that? It's not a boat. Sorry, ship. What kind of ship is <laughs> yeah. that? Also not a ship. It's a home. It's a home. Of course, yeah. Beautiful <laughs> this isn't a ship. It's a home. So the wonder, I guess. Yeah. Uh, as I already mentioned, the original plan was for Shinji to be a girl in the run, so Misato was actually going to fill the role of like an older sister type relationship. Uh, when uh, Ano was coming up with the idea for Misato, he was described her as a woman, 29, who lives life so lightly as to barely allow any possibility of human touch. She protects herself by keeping relationships on the surface and then running away when they become deeper. Yeah, it's a pretty solid description of Misato. Some subtle changes might have happened over the years, but that does seem to be a pretty accurate description of the character. Exactly. Uh, now, here's a fun one that a lot of people don't know, but the original inspiration for the design of Misato was Usagi Tsukino, Sailor Moon, if she grew up. It was the starting spot for Otto. If she grew up and turned into a boat. I mean ship. Ship. <laughs> she grew up and a turned home, into a ship. A home, Into a home. Into a home. A home that's also a ship. She's a host boat! That's what she is! Sorry, a host ship. There we go. She's a host ship. Host ship. Oh, man. Can you imagine having not a host boat, but a host ship as in a similar idea to a host boat, but one that's designed to go into the ocean? First off, I think that's a cruise ship. Fair. Or a yacht. Yacht. Yeah, let's just go with yacht. Man, how bad is it that I forgot that just yachts exist? Not that bad. How often do we go on yachts? Surprisingly often. I was on one three times this week. <laughs> three different yachts, not one yacht. <laughs> well, 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 Mr. Fancy Pants over here. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the fun aspect when it comes to Misato and some of her naming schemes. The Sailor Moon one is pretty interesting because apparently her early design also had the Sailor Moon hair. Yeah. But ultimately got kind of, you know, trimmed it down to what we have as Misato. And they gave her kind of like... They refer to it as biker gear in the interview, but it's like kind of like, you know, sports car, sports bike type wear. Yeah. But it's just by saying, she, we kind of dressed her up like a biker. I'm like, I don't really see the biker aspect. Oh, street bikes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like to imagine that with this information, somewhere in that home where uh, Misato, Asuka, and Shinji now live, there is the Sailor Moon staff that it... Uh, Misato like picks it up and chants the spell. She'll like turn into like Sailor Moon, except like a thirty-year-old Sailor Moon. Does this mean Kaji's tuxedo mask? I think even if we don't accept uh, Misato is uh, Sailor Moon, I still think Kaji's tuxedo mask. Which then opens up who's Ritsuko. 
from a completely different series. <laughs> Who is the villain in Sailor Moon Season 1? I don't know, man. <laughs> You're lucky enough that I recognize the name Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> Why would you not? I don't know. It just... The, the, the Sailor Mars? They're, they're named after all the planets and the moon, right? Yeah. Is there a Sailor Earth? Uh, not that I'm aware of. But they're named after planets, moons, and celestial bodies, because Pluto's no longer a planet. Oh, right, because they're Sailor Pluto. Alright, well then that's what Ritsuko is. Ritsuko is Sailor Earth. A character who never appeared in Sailor Moon. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm not confident enough to say yes or no, but also I don't want to look it up. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to, but that's just because now that I've said the word Sailor Earth, I need to know if that's a thing. Oh, apparently there is a Sailor Earth. Well, there you go. Oh, and uh, one last fact here for Misato. Uh, the car she drives is a real car. It's oh, really? It's a Mazda Cosmo Sport uh, 110. Or 110. When was that uh, released? Uh, that would have been, uh, well, there's not a specific date for that one that I can find, but the car, the Cosmo, Mazda Cosmo, was released between 67 and 95. Okay, uh, sorry, um, to bring us back to Sailor Moon for a second, uh, when I googled, is there a Sailor Earth, and this, the thing was like, yes, uh, I opened up the tab to read a bit further. The real answer is kind of. Because the person who ha holds the celestial earth crystal that, like, would make them Sailor Moon or Sailor Earth um, isn't a woman, and we can only have female sailors. The person who would be Sailor Earth if they were a female is Tuxedo Mask. He well, is Sailor Earth. There we go. So it can't be uh, Ritsuko, so try again. That's fair. Uh, Remember that Ritsuko's real hair color is black. Sailor Boy. Sailor Void. Sailor Michael. <laughs> yeah. Sailor Science. <laughs> Sailor Science. <laughs> I don't believe in this magic shit. Yeah. I like to think she shows up with just, like, her own school uniform and a baseball bat. <laughs> it's just a, like, a baseball bat from anime and that, like, it also has a gun inside of it somehow. <laughs> Is this the part where you transform? Oh, no. No. It's the part where I transform you and then beat you to death. <laughs> I transform you. Into a corpse. <laughs> science! <laughs> yeah, she's just shouting science the entire time she's beating them. Well then, do you have any more fun packs? Nope, that was it for uh, Sato, with the ones I haven't gone through already throughout the series. Fair. Uh, in that case... What are your thoughts on Misato? I like her. Uh, she is a great representation of... I mean, like, every single character in the series. She's a great representation of how trauma can present itself and how even characters who at first glance don't have obvious trauma could just be using coping mechanisms to hide their trauma uh, exist. So yeah. I don't say, when I say I like her I don't mean like I would like to hang out with her or anything like that, but I recognize her value as a character and think she's a good character. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Misato is one of the crucial characters of the series and I do very much enjoy them as a character in the thing. Probably one of my top five characters in the whole series and a kind of to what you're saying about the aspect of showing trauma different aspects too i would say it's even possible i believe that not every person watching the genesis sees misato as a person who has trauma yeah even like watching her backstory you can see her as a character who had trauma but still interpret neon genesis as 
her being a character who has grown from their trauma. It could be how you interpret Misato. Yeah. Um, you'd be wrong, but that is, I imagine, a way people have interpreted the character in the past. Yeah, so I'd say there's definitely people that have gone through the series and just think, you know, Misato, she has commitment issues. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And not the, there's rooted trauma in her past that kind of dictates how she's acting. There are probably people who watch it and don't even care to... There are probably people who watch Neon Genesis and don't even characterize her as a functioning alcoholic. And that just means they are probably the people people watching who are making that classification are probably a less functioning alcoholic than she is. They're still an alcoholic, they're just not functioning as well as Misato is, unless they do not view her as an alcoholic. A lot of times you should be drinking that early if you're on vacation. Yeah. Even then, probably not. Even then, well, you should probably the wait till the afternoon. <laughs> if someone complains about you drinking early when you're on vacation, just tell them Keith from this podcast you listened to gave your permission. Also, if someone, like, if they still have an issue, uh, DM our Instagram account <laughs> and we'll start fighting them. I first keep, over the internet, and if it goes further, we'll go further. You keep, you keep trying this, but no one wants to take you up on your fight. I just want to fight someone, Keith, alright? Let it happen. So with that, I think that rounds up the episode. <laughs> Can't really go anywhere from fighting Peter. No. Uh, so uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure to like, favorite, subscribe, follow, leave a review. You can find the podcast up every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. We also have the Instagram page where we put up a bunch of information about the series and go through questions, facts as we go through chronologically. We also do answer questions on there as well as you see them. If you have a question that you think uh, wasn't answered about Misato today, feel free to email us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com and send us all the details there. Uh, and what can we check next time, Keith? So next time we go into the next character that came second place in the poll, and that is going to be Gendo Akari. So we're going to go over the man, the myth, the legend, the questionable father. And as always, plenty of fan service. Of course. I don't like fan service about Gendo. <laughs>